Anyways, I was just sitting there on the curb, wondering, whoa, did I just shit my pants? And I was like, oh, hey, hey there, sexy audience. Welcome to another episode of Dragon D's Balls. I'm Vince. I didn't unmute my microphone, but this is Mike. <laughs> the irony, Mike didn't unmic his microphone. Yeah. It's, Say uh, that ten times fast. You know, I carry most of this, so I mean, I'm, I'm allowed to... Fail. You're carrying these balls. <laughs> You're dragging these balls, man. Speaking of these balls, we're gonna get balls deep into your ears. The <laughs> the Red Ribbon Army saga, uh, all the way through to the General Red mm-hmm. today. Um, My fucking favorite. And we're gonna just like fucking fast track this shit. Get fucking through this air. next episode. Get through the rest of Dragon Ball. Then we get into. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, where we're both just way more knowledge- knowledgeable. I've only watched Dragon Ball through like completely like once. Yeah, see, for me it was like maybe two or three times, but it was when I was very, very young, and then I just fell out of touch with it, never picked it back up again. It was hard to try to. It, it went through this period, I feel like, where it wasn't almost like obtainable. You know what I mean? I couldn't find any seasons. That was my deal, is I never knew where to get it. Yeah. Until later when Funimation started to make episodes. I know some people, like a dude that I don't really speak to anymore, but he told me he grew up, like, remembered watching Dragon Ball on, like, like what, what channel? It was like some... Off the wall channel that you wouldn't Skinamax. think. No, <laughs> I mean it should be. There's You're right. There's still more to cover as far as fucked up shit with Master <laughs> Roshi, dude. Yeah, we literally just brushed on the fucking tip of the iceberg with that nonsense. But hey, um, you know, and on top of that too, there's just so much interesting shit in Dragon Ball Z. Not that Dragon Ball isn't interesting, but. I don't know. It's weird. It it just sets the baseline for everything. So it's more or less like a good watch through if you're already a fan of DBZ and shit like that. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's not a bad show, but you do have to be a fan of the series, I feel like, to enjoy Dragon Ball instead of some people that can just pick up Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super and just say, oh, I love Dragon Ball. You know, you have to be a true fan to really... I don't know. Yeah, to really get into Dragon Ball, you really, really got to be into it because it's not the same. Mm-mm. It's nowhere near the same. It's more adventure based. It's uh, um, a lot mu- like namesake of the show, Dragon Ball. They're chasing the Dragon Balls the whole show, and that's yep. a big theme in Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. But the fighting takes a almost the center stage, and then the Dragon Balls are. I guess it's kind of the same. The Dragon Balls are always the motivation. Right. <clears throat> but not the main character. Or, I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say. I there. guess it's the like, way I would explain it is, so the, where they're different is, in Dragon Ball Z, when they're hunting down the Dragon Balls, it's for a specific situation. You know what and, I mean? And usually a 
decently serious one. Exactly. Whereas in Dragon Ball, it's literally like Goku, almost the whole Red Ribbon Army uh, saga, is him hunting down his grandpa's four-star ball. He doesn't give a shit about collecting all seven. Exactly. He just wants that one four-star ball. And so, as a matter of fact, it's not until later in the Red Ribbon uh, saga that he actually has a purpose then for the Dragon Balls. And I think at that point, he's already got, God, I want to say at least three, three or four. Yeah, he gathers a few because the first one, yeah, he decides to go off and find his uh, grandpa's four-star ball. Yep. Um, like the first couple episodes of this this little deal, like the first three are just kind of filler stuff. Um, but then you get... <clears throat> That really sweet episode where um, Ox King, oh right, just goes to work, is uh, and you get a really cool fight scene with him, which is like one of the only ones you ever see of mm-hmm. Ox King throwing down, and you know he's picking up a whole fucking tank. You know the guy's huge. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's awesome, and like I think you start to get into the Dragon Ball Z esque. Mm-hmm. fights um and this is our introduction to the androids oh yeah which is kind of hard to think of them that way yeah because they're nothing like the androids later no they're, they're more ba- they're very basic uh robots uh well who is the really big guy uh that was android 16 i believe no 16's no that's in i mean or, oh i mean during dragon ball uh i'm not sure remember he keeps he keeps hitting him with kamehameha's uh and blows his head off and he's still trying to kill goku oh god i don't remember oh man shit that has been a hot minute since i've seen that that's later on when he's fighting his way through the tower i believe oh oh yeah i just i'm i'm drawn i know yeah because he almost looks like frankenstein like, uh, uh, yeah, he's esque. got like, what the fuck? Okay, so first off, he comes and fights, um... But, like, he has, uh, something wrong with his programming or something like that, because he's, like, doesn't want violence at all. That's a different one. You're talking about number eight. Well, this one doesn't want to fight. Like, he that's just num- doesn't... That's number eight. Number eight, okay. That's the one who hides the four-star ball. There's too many... Be- damn androids uh, yeah, i think he's that's the good one that ends up staying in the village right um he finds the four star ball and gives it to goku remember? right because um they were talking about hurting people or wiping people i can't remember exactly what he says but he heard his higher ups talking about like hurting people for it and he decided to hide it instead and him and Goku kind of team up, and then he stays in that village later on. He offers, they both get the offer. Right. They both get that offer. Speaking of villages, um, we also get Penguin Village in the Red Ribbon series, which is, I forgot how fucking weird it is. It has a kind of side character. We actually get to see her again in Dragon Ball Super, but Aureli. Um, she's the purple-haired, kind of Thor-winged cap little girl. Did you know what? Do you know what she's actually from? 
I actually forgot about that. I I know she's she's not human, right? No, she is a full on like what you would call an android. Right. She was never human. She's a full on yeah. She is uh, robot. Yeah. <clears throat> was it? That's why she eats like metal like bolts and car parts and drinks right. oil and, and shit like that. <laughs> and Goku's looking at her weird like, what the hell are you eating? Sorry, I'm looking at my screen here. Um. He's looking at porn. Yeah. He's looking at a hentai of Bulma. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, maybe later, like Afro Bulma. Afro Bulma. Oh, dude, I love Afro Bulma. Let's smash Afro Bulma. Oh, yeah. We should. Oh. But could you really hit it good enough? Like, you could never hit it good enough for Bulma. She's fuck Saiyans. This is what. All right. So you guys are getting a glimpse into a future episode here. But, dude, let's do. A Dragon Ball series, one episode, smash or pass. Mm. <laughs> we'll just have we could at least 100. Do a, we could at least do a segment. Yeah. And we could do that now. I mean, we could kind of do a small one now. We but could, I want to do like a whole just fuck yeah. Who are, who? What weird aliens in the universe would you hump? Okay. I got one for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's do... No, it's smash... Or f- you gotta like fight them, or fuck them. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fight them or fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With Yamcha, I feel like I could do both. Yeah, you yeah. beat him up and then fuck him. You could fuck. You could fuck him while beating him up. Actually, he's so weak. Mm. You know, he's a little bitch. <clears throat> we talked about this before, dude. Oh yeah, I love it. He though. he could wolf thing fist your butthole out, and you wouldn't be able to do shit about it. <laughs> That's the thing is like, yeah, he sucks in comparison to the main guys, but he's still a turn bad your mother. Cheerio into a <laughs> yeah. butthole. Yeah, <laughs> with that wolf thing fist. Wolf thing fist. Wolf thing. You got to get that little thing, that little thing, a little flamboyance in there, you know? <laughs> wolf thing. Oh, thing. Ooh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> oh, all right so your fang just smash works. your pass dr brief's wife smash obviously oh yeah obviously you know she'd be hot <laughs> if she is real yeah <laughs> she's dumb as hell too and she'll make you delicious treats all right i got one okay this is kind of a i don't know you could argue uh he's male but you could also argue he's not Mr. Popo. <laughs> I mean, now, now, think about Mr. Popo. This is the problem here. It's like we say, <laughs> smash or fight, but there's nobody you can fight. I mean, Puar. Yeah, you could kick Puar's ass. Hopefully, yeah. He's just a floating cat. <laughs> I think I could take him. Yeah, but I mean, who you <laughs> grab who, him by who, the scruff of his neck? Even the little kids. You couldn't even fight one of those kids. I know tanks would probably. Lift the fuck out of you. Go tanks. Go ten. Go ten. Oh yeah. Go ten. Thanks. They'd fuck you up. Just punch, easily. punch you in half by mistake. <laughs> See, I wish they would do like rated R, almost like the boys, like version of Dragon Ball. Like even just if they gave us a rated R movie of where that shit could happen, like you, gore. Okay, speaking of gore, and like I've told you when I started the show. Mm-hmm. It was highly edited. You never saw any blood or even a punch connect. Right. So I went to school one day and this kid was telling me about the unedited episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and he was telling me about when Frieza, uh, you remember when he's in his second form? Yeah. And he stabs Krillin through the body and he's like just basically horn fucking him in the air. Yeah. And blood's flying everywhere, landing on people's faces and it's brutal. Yeah. It's truly brutal. And he's telling me about this and I was like, no. (laughs) You're, dude, you're fucking bullshitting me. Like, you know what I mean? Mm Because I had seen, like, it just didn't make sense to me that it would be like that because they weren't it wasn't like that for me mm-hmm. with the edited shit right so then when i finally saw it i was like oh fuck yeah i mean right. it's really on there yeah it's i'm sure it was like going from watching the mcu to like then watching netflix's daredevil or something you know uh, being yeah. like whoa wait a minute he just fucking decapitated a dude in an escalade what the yeah, fuck did he just slam some dude's head in the door <laughs> right like a bunch we get a taste of it in Dragon Ball, but man, I didn't realize how late. Like, I think honestly, the where I'm at right now with watching it, I think we just had one of the first like actual on-screen brutal deaths thus far in the series. Um, on Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are we talking? Mercenary Tao. Oh. That, um, that cocksucker. I mean, he's a wonderful villain. I love um, him. But man, I wanted to talk bastard. about him. There's uh, what do they call him in the? Well, they called him General Tao, and then they called him. There's, but in the some, it's like Pai Pai Tao or some shit. Like oh that. yeah, there was a weird. Uh... But anyway, yeah. The reason I wanted to talk about him. Um, is because I think he is like actually one of the first truly strong uh, enemies that Goku faces and like somebody that he loses to initially and then leads Goku into going to find Korin and train and then like three days later he's strong enough to beat him. Um, But he's like one of the... So I'm wondering... Mm -hmm. As far as, like, where is the threshold when you stop being normal and get into, like, true strength, the beginnings of it, like you see in Dragon Ball Z, and from from Tao. Right. Because I would say he is, like, the beginning of it. Or, like, Master Roshi, obviously. Right. He's, like, just starting to break through into, like, true strength that can compare to people out there in the cosmos. Yeah. Be like because in in Dragon Ball there's nobody on the planet that could even come close to standing up against somebody like even Raditz. Yeah. There is not very Like many somebody people. like Raditz at this point would come through and just wipe out everyone. Yeah, he would be able to take over all of Earth. And So yeah, that's my thought is like general tau or whatever you want to call him mm-hmm. he was always one of my favorite characters from the show because he reminded me of like the early episodes of dragon ball z mm-hmm. um and like i said when they're really getting starting to get strong and i really don't think goku starts to get uh to the 
starts beginning to be like the Goku that we know now and like Super and later on in Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. It's like when he learns to fly. That's when it clicks. And after his training with King Kai. Um, which, by the way, I said that wrong. I said last episode, I said he went to go train with someone else. And I fucked that up. So He went to go this. train with Matt Damon. Yeah. The born, oh my if god! If they do Jason a live Bourne. action uh, Dragon Ball and they don't use Matt Damon as King Kai, <laughs> I'm gonna be a little pissed. <laughs> you know, I think I could cosplay as a good King Kai. You probably could. I probably could. Just wear a hat backwards. No. Yeah. Put some little like pipe cleaners out of the top of it. Anyway, <laughs> I think yeah, that was my whole point. As I think General Tao is like the beginning of them fighting people with true strength that aren't just normal people other right. than like androids of course but they're not what i'm talking about they're made to be strong right not trained to be yeah they're they're literally made to wipe somebody out of existence and literally everyone that he faces in the red ribbon army other than tau mm-hmm. which he's not even part of of the army, like you said, he's a he's a, a uh, mercenary. mercenary. Yeah, so they hire him. He's not yep. a part of their shit. Yeah, he's a hired assassin. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And then uh, there's the episodes later. Do you remember when they're about to go be fighting Cell? They have those days in between. Mm-hmm. So you're wrong. He didn't die. You said the first brutal death in the show, but he didn't die. Oh, no. I wasn't talking about Tao, though. Oh, okay. I was talking about the uh, native that was his family for generations um, has been sworn to protect Korin's land. Oh, when he throws him into the spear. Yeah, because he takes his spear, picks him up, and chucks him up in the air. And he goes, here's your spear, chucks it at him, and impales him right through the chest. And that gives Goku literally, like, that's the first, like serious reason that i've seen in the series for a use for the dragon balls because at that point everyone's just chasing it Wait, for some wishing vain for dumb wish. shit. Yeah. yeah some vain bullshit that doesn't truly matter whereas he's actually trying to give that young boy his father back so he can be taught for another generation to protect corin's land that's a good point mm-hmm. so there again another first the first actual wish mm-hmm. that had any meaning in the show yeah. And that's what I meant like later in Dragon Ball Z, you're not seeing them wishing for silly things. No. I mean the villains are motivated by immortality. Frieza. Yeah. Uh Garlic Jr. Mm-hmm. Cell never gave a fuck about the Dragon Balls and neither did Majin Buu. Right. The Dragon Balls were like a an out. Right. Or like, uh, you know what I mean? That was their trump card. Yep. They had to use them to like save everyone because they failed. Mm-hmm. Like when they when Majin Buu blew up the earth. Yeah. And I mean, it's really cool to me just because like we've said, I, I think a huge like part of it is people don't realize the power of the eternal dragon, right? Uh, Shenron. Which is kind of up in the air. That. The rules to that don't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, there there's some plot holes in that for sure. But well, okay, okay. So here's my. No, go ahead, and I'll remember it. Uh, <laughs> I'll remember it. I don't want to cut you off. No, you're good. 
But I, I was just going to say, though, like, no one has had a meaningful wish up until that point. And then when Goku does make that wish and finds out that it can actually bring someone for, back to life from the dead, I think that's why the wishes become more serious. Because at that point, they haven't really told you how powerful Shenron is or what he could truly do. And even though it gets very muddled later on, it's one of those things where that was huge in that show when it was going on because at that point, you know, people were wishing for fucking underwears, boyfriends, girlfriends, dumb shit, you know? So when Goku actually succeeds in bringing that little boy's dad back, I think for Goku, he has an even stronger responsibility or almost sense of responsibility and almost guardianship, you know, to take care of those because he sees the true impact of just what Shenron can do with one wish. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of cool because it almost flips the series and it gets a lot more serious, like from that point, and it just keeps going. You know what I mean? You you have your goofy like the uh, li driver's license like little. Well, yeah, there's always the there's silly... that shit, but. It's but like it changes the tone of the series, I feel like, moving forward. Gets a little more serious. Yeah. Not so lighthearted. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it is like a kid's show, obviously. And then, yeah, you do have that uh, serious turn. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember that when he throws him uh, into the spear. That You know what I mean? When he kills him with the spear. That is yeah. very... Uh, maybe not the most gory thing ever, but it, it totally, I mean... It tugs on your heartstrings. Yeah. yeah. Well, not just that, but it, it, it's brutal. It, mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be bloody to be... I mean, because you could totally... I mean, it's something that could really happen. It's not like General Tao sticking his tongue in somebody's neck <laughs> and killing them. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, oh, that's a spear through the chest. He's dead That now. He dead did. Yep. You know, there's a finality to that almost... That you don't get from a, some of the more goofy deaths. Right. Or, and you know, a lot of the guys in the Red Room, when Goku's running, so when he goes and gets the, he goes and gets the, um, the cold weather gear, mm -hmm. storms the tower. It's like, and kicking the fucking dog shit out of people. Like you, so <laughs> imagine. Imagine a kid that could kick your car into a, you know, a crumpled mess with one kick. Just kicks you as hard as he can in the face. You would die. So dead. Yeah. Like, if this was a more brutal show, I mean, every time Goku punched or kicked somebody, it would just cave their skull in. Right. I mean, and they do kind of a goofy, you know, I mean, you know... They always kind of do the goofy faces, but every one of those guys is dead. Well, you know... Like, Goku's a fucking killer, bro. That is true. However, though, it does also bring up kind of a interesting... This is something I just thought as he said that. So, obviously, yeah, like you just pointed out, he could do a, even a Kame Kame wave and fucking incinerate you, you know? He can Kamehame your ass... To literally just being nothing but maybe your sneakers left over. Mm. He can kick a car in half, just no problem. So it brings up an interesting thing because we know Goku with his overwhelming goodness, he 
more than likely, if he's going to punch someone that's a normal human being or can't do that, he might pull the punch. A he's going to pull the punch. But we see that theme a lot with the villains too. So it kind of brings up an interesting kind of philosophical question of how evil are the villains in the series, or you know, are they more villainous towards just mass populations of people like Cell, or are they go- are they actually pulling their punches? Someone like I don't know. Frieza or Majin Buu in that regard I don't know if he's not turning you into chocolate and eating you that is uh, no I don't think anybody somebody like Frieza or Majin Buu pulls their punches um the only way Frieza would be pulling punches is if you know like when he was fighting Goku and they just kept stepping it up and stepping mm-hmm. it up and stepping it like he's not necessarily pulling punches but they were feeling each other out yeah it was almost like a bedroom act for him but somebody like Goku, I could see it. I could see him going, maybe I don't need to hit this guy so hard. Right. Makes sense. Like, yeah. that's that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, as he's running his way through the Red Ribbon Army, there's never any sense that he actually cares about it. Right. Like, they're just kind of a distraction to what he's really doing. Right. Like his first run in with them and he finds that uh what was it? He finds a dragon ball, um, ignores those guys, they try to fucking shoot at him or whatever, and he you know, takes them out real quick and just leaves. Like he doesn't Yeah. Gives them no extra thought after that. They're not he just it's not something he thinks he'll he'll it's just like a weird thing to him. He's like yeah, jerks, and just leaves. Yeah. You know? Um, so, like, that's kind of the funny thing about the Red Ribbon Army and then all this stuff later in Dragon Ball Z um, with Dr. Jiro and then the androids later is, like, Dr. Jiro and the Red Ribbon Army took it so personally, and then it was mm. something Goku never gave another thought. Nope. He to. didn't give one shit about after yeah, destroying he, him. He just went on with his everyday life. It wasn't something that he set out to do either. No. And it became this whole vendetta, which is cool. And we were talking about this on the porch is like the kind of the coolest thing about this particular section of Dragon Ball is that it it connects so deeply with the, you know, the middle half of Dragon Ball Z with Cell and the androids and it really added and that's probably why um most people find that to be their their favorite section of Dragon Ball Z right is because it is so hashed out and yeah. it does have that feeling of history there yeah it's like yeah Frieza and Frieza will always be my favorite but that was pretty basic it was a little more convoluted with Cell and the androids mm-hmm and there was much more motivation there and like just that whole saga was really really great like it yeah. it didn't stay the whole tone it didn't get boring because it changed so much right well and like i can definitely tell you for a fact like that is one thing that made me love sell the red ribbon army all of that as a whole is the sheer fact on that whole. <laughs> on my whole exactly I love on my whole, but it was opposite for me because I I got into DBZ first, and so I was watching that, 
and seeing the Red Ribbon Army and Cell and the Android Saga. And then every now and then, you know, Dragon Ball, the reruns of that would be on. And I remember seeing a Dragon Ball episode where they Goku is dealing with the Red Ribbon Army. And it blew my mind as a, as a kid. I was like, holy shit. He's, he even dealt with them back then as a kid. You know, and that's actually what segued and got me interested in Dragon Ball. Because I love the android so much that I was like, oh, I gotta check this out. So whenever, you know, I remember sitting there and this is how old we are. If anyone's listening, that's under like 24. Uh, I, I remember sitting there with the TV guide. <laughs> seeing when that shit would be on and if there was a string of reruns of dragon ball on i would specifically watch it all the way till like two in the morning until those shitty infomercials would come on about like tupperware and shit you know yeah so it was uh pretty interesting like that's definitely what intrigued me that got me into the series you know what i mean like i was into dragon ball z but that got me into the series right um so after the whole muscle tower deal mm-hmm. and you know dealing with all that goku uh continues on goes to see bulma to fix the radar because it's been broken uh she decides to go along with him mm-hmm. along the way um goku tries to go dive for a dragon ball that's down at way under the ocean mm-hmm. and this is where i was talking we get into the Fucked up shit with Master Roshi. Yep. <laughs> and so Master Roshi, they go to him because Goku's like, oh, we're close to there. Let's go see if he can help. Um, they go there. Um, Master Roshi has a submarine. So um, to pay him for using the sub he wants to use Bulma's shrink technology and that's also he can climb into the fucking toilet and watch her yeah and like what a fucking (laughs) this guy belongs in prison oh my god dude like I think Master Oshi on the side smokes a little meth you know what I'm saying that is a total tweaker move dude that would explain his you know, ridiculous strength and speed. <laughs> Before he hulks out, he just goes behind the stage real quick. You might be, yeah, you might be on to something here. He's just fucking. Hey, hey, and the Japanese come to find chasing out. Chasing the dragon. They are the ones that actually invented meth. Not a lot of people know that. Who? The Japanese. Yep, it was invented in the forties. Well, speed. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was a first level, like first amphetamine. But anyways, that's. You ever seen the there. videos of fucking? Hitler at the Olympics, and when I... he's just fucking gacked out of his mind. Yeah, he's and being a fucking freak. That's when he goes on that. I think he talks to Mussolini, or one of those guys. Yeah, you know, and got him back into the war. I think because he like jab- he jabbered his ear off for mm-hmm. five hours or something. God, and poor fucking. Could guy. you imagine that guy yelling at you for five hours? And th- no wonder why he was like, fine, fuck it, yes, we'll yeah, start a world like, war. Yeah, he's like, okay! Shut up. Jesus, man. We will start a world war. Just fucking get your fucking leader hose in and get the fuck out of hey, here. Can we please <laughs> just get out of here, man? Yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah, he... he, he it's like a, a 
tactic, you know, when you fucking you're trying to get a confession out of somebody, they just finally say it just so you leave them alone. <laughs> right. Some shitty FBI moves. It's not shitty. It works. Uh, well, I mean, but a lot of wrong people. So anyway, the whole point is Master Roshi's a fucking shitbag. <laughs> He's a fucking nasty But he gets his comeuppance and gets flushed down the <laughs> toilet for his efforts. So. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the kind of the list here of episodes. Uh, oh, there's so much good stuff. Okay, here we go. General Blue. I forgot about because I was gonna look up the 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 original show that the little girl Errol Ariel. Oh, really? Right. Areola, <laughs> Areola, what? Areola. I, <laughs> I don't remember. Is that her? Uh, right here. Areoli. Yep. Arely. That's her. So something funny about I General it Blue. Wrong. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the one thing that I find funny with him is in the series they make it blatant, blatantly obvious that he is not interested in women whatsoever but they do not come out and say he's homosexual or anything who who are you talking about general blue i i forgot about that like as a kid when i watched it obviously i wasn't really thinking about Doesn't like he have the scarf and the psycho the telekinetic powers right but he like he does Bulma, look a little with the scarf yeah the but ne- the neckerchief there's a point where Bulma in the uh, Pirate Cove is trying to like persuade him not to hurt Goku or Krillin. And she's like showing him his underwear and shit like that. He goes, ew, gross. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was just like freaking out watching it with Chelsea. I was like, God, I never realized as a kid, though. I never put two and two together yeah. because I was so young. Maybe I was he's like, just not into little girls. <laughs> right. Maybe he's just normal. Yeah, he's but, like, gross, but little I don't, girl. But I don't know. He seems pretty young himself, you know? So I'm like, well, at least a lot younger than fucking Master Roshi. He's I mean, we could throw that his, out there. He's got to be in his 20s, though. Maybe he's just a gentleman. Maybe. He might be a villain, but he's not a fucking pervert. I, I don't know. There's <laughs> there's a lot of other instances, like Penguin Village, where I think a girl's like, well, you know, maybe you could... I don't even remember if she was like trying to get him to go on a date with her or anything like that. And he's like... Whatever you have to offer, I'm not interested. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, dude? Cool, like, we bro. thought Yamcha was bad. This guy's just Well, at least he's not, he's not scared of the pussy. He's just a player. He's like, hell, I don't need your pussy. I don't know. It comes off more like, ew, gross. <laughs> ew. <laughs> so. <laughs> Which is cool, though. I mean, I wish the they girl- would have made him like that, though. You know? Like, just outright said, hey. He's a total fucking badass, but he likes dudes. Like I, I would have had so much. More I don't think that's something that. you could just come out and say though. Like back you then, you can't just come out and say back it. then, dude. But uh, there, we're talking there about been, the eighties. There could have been a subtle hint though. Like maybe he just holds hands with. We're his talking partner. about we're talking about the eighties, dude. You can't just say that out like you can now. Uh, especially, I mean, that's Japan too. Nah. In America, people were pretty homophobic. And, you know, thinking you could only get AIDS from being gay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Like, so, <clears throat> that's 
you had to do that subtle shit where you you go, oh, that dude's gay. He's not. They're not saying it, but that dude's right. Gay. Well, that makes me respect them for that, though. You know that they even did at least yeah. put it somewhat in there back then. You know, and didn't with make how taboo him a, it was, and didn't make him a clown, right? Because he's a badass. Yeah, he's a, total a badass. badass. Yeah, he's like so. Aureli, or whatever you fucking said her name is, <laughs> you got uh, it. Is from Doctor Slump, the manga series. That's right. And that was before Dragon Ball Z, so that's kind of a nod to his older shit, right? And I wish, I kind of wish they would have brought her in as a mainstay in Dragon Ball. So in do Dragon I. Dragon Ball Z. Oh, so do I. As like, uh, just even at every now and then, like, oh, shit's getting real. We might need some extra reinforcement kind of character, you know? She might have been a good character for Trunks and Goten to bounce off of. Yeah, for them to train with. That and just to be a part of their shenanigans. Yeah. I think, yeah, she would have been a great oh, mainstay. Like her and Launch. Fused Gotenks with Rayleigh. That would have made a good arc. And, and you got to wonder, how strong could she be? Yeah. Could she just keep getting upgraded and get stronger and stronger? Or Well, Chelsea made a good point. Dragon Ball Super, even as Goku is powerful as he is at that point, Aureli kind of whoops his ass in that, too. Yeah, throws a whole fucking boulder at him. Yeah. Him. So she is, I think... One of those where we truly might not ever know how strong she is. I think the point was of that, yeah, is that she's kind of a gag character, so yeah. she can be as strong as she needs to be. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Saitama. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it would have been really interesting to see how strong they could have made her. Oh, and, yeah. and keep her looking the same. Mm-hmm. Like how... How dope would it have been to see her like fighting in the tournament of power? That would have been fucking badass. That would have just been so cool. And she just gets stronger and stronger. And just have her dad in the stands going, Rayleigh, go play. Uh, <laughs> she uh, her fuck yeah, everybody up. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. She doesn't even take it. To... No. And I think she was meant to be... Like you say, you don't know how strong she is. So mm-hmm. she always seemed to be Goku's equal no matter what. Yeah. I wish they would have done more with her, though. That would have been definitely interesting. Just see what they could have done with her. Especially in, like, the Android saga. That would have been a nice ad. That, yeah. That would have been. That would have been a fucking killer ad. I mean, especially with, like, at least in the Dragon Ball series, how her history is really unknown, too. You know? I mean, it's not very well fleshed out. It it is in the... In the Doctor Slump manga, they well, right. But I mean, in Dragon Ball itself, you but don't I, yeah. unless you had read that manga previously, you absolutely know nothing about her. So that's what's interesting too is they, you know, if they would have done more with her, I think she could have ultimately become either part of the Dragon Ball series, or she could have been an interesting just whole another anime on her own. More of a kind of light-hearted shonen, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot more light-hearted. Kind of more bubbly and stuff like that. And I don't know. Sorry, I was sitting here looking at her appearances. 
But she is funny as hell, man. I just love when her dad goes, all right, O'Reilly, go play. And she's mm. like, all right, tag, and kicks him right in the fucking back. Yeah. It sends him flying. That's kind of the cool thing is, like, yeah, she's just, she she is Goku's female counterpart. They're so much alike. Just carefree, mm-hmm. um, oblivious. Yeah. I mean, I guess Goku later on isn't quite so oblivious. He still is that lighthearted character. Uh, mostly in Dragon Ball, though, dude, he is so just oblivious to... <laughs> yeah. Like we were saying, against the Red Ribbon Army, it was never something personal to him. He was just doing what he had to to get his Dragon Ball. Yeah, he just wanted his grandpa's Dragon Ball. That was it. And... Uh, that. It's so interesting that they can write a character like that and keep them pure like throughout the story. Like, How do you do that? God, I don't know. But they have some good writers, man. I mean, just the consistency. Like, I, I'm even realizing, I didn't even realize how huge Red Ribbon was in Dragon Ball. Like, I knew they were very it's present. It's a long fucking arc. Dude. It is a very long arc. And so it gives me even more appreciation for the Cell Saga. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. and it, you know, kind of like episode one, I kind of touched on this. That's what I do love about the writing of this is, I mean, shit. That whole arc took place how many years before then they wrote and fleshed out, you know, the Dr. Jero and Cell Saga. You know, it, it wasn't like, oh, okay, Dragon Ball, Red Ribbon, and then, you know, season two of Dragon Ball Z, they're there. It's, I want to say, what, season five is when it starts? I mean, we keep saying seasons, but these shows didn't come out like that. Well, no. We keep saying that, but like... But just like as a rough estimate. as far as like episodes go, um... It's about, I want to say, close to midway through DBZ that we get... Well, as far as... uh, What was... God damn it. I was going to look it up and I just scrambled my brain. What was I going to look up? (laughs) Um, Backdoor Sluts 9. No, when... You're saying when the... Red Ribbon shows back up. Oh, and DBZ, yeah. Um, okay, let me look up a... I want to say, yeah, it's got to be... Well, it's... you you The first time you hear anything about it again mm-hmm. is when Trunks is telling everybody, or Goku, that the androids are coming in two years. He's got the virus. Yep. I don't remember... DBZ episode list. Yeah, I... But, you know, you basically have, like, the whole Saiyan saga and all of Frieza in DBZ before you get your androids. And so it's, like, a good lengthy way into DBZ before they bring the Red Ribbon Army back. So I just love that, you know? That cohesive writing Mm -hmm. of... Oh, we had this happen in the past before. We can pick it right back up, and it's gonna be fucking amazing. You know, um, they didn't they didn't really do anything to screw up what happened in Dragon Ball or anything like that. Because Doctor Jiro, um, like we we're talking on the porch, 
I want to say in the manga, he's just merely nodded to. They just kind of mention him. He's not in Dragon Ball at all. Um, and so he pops up in Dragon Ball Z, and you're like, whoa, who's this guy? And then it goes into his past and his history, and I just love how they connect Dragon Ball to Dr. Jiro and how they pick it right back up. You know what I mean? His hatred for Goku because of his annihilation of the Red Ribbon Army when he was a child is just so cool to me. Mm-hmm. I just love that. And well, yeah, the that that's the kind of... It's almost rare in the show because there are those parts where they don't feel that well hashed out. But then yeah. you get those really deep storylines like the android thing, and then you have the history... And then you, um, even the Goku Black right. Zamasu storyline. That yeah. was exceptionally deep, well hashed out. It felt a lot like the whole Android thing. Yeah. Uh, in a way. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know if that's because Future Trunks was involved in that too. It might have been. Because that was part of the whole... You know, it was from originally, he comes back again mm-hmm. uh, to help with another threat, which is kind of a tropey thing that was kind of lame, honestly. Right. I need to watch all that again. I was trying to look up um, what episode was that. <clears throat> okay, here we're getting there. Okay. Um, But yeah, I mean... Okay, so Frieza shows up. Okay. Um, well, it says season four, episode 11. I was actually trying to look for... But the actual episode would be season four, episode 14, uh, when Trunks finally talks to... Well, maybe it's the next one. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's either 14 or 15 mm-hmm. when Trunks finally mentions that the androids are coming, talks about Dr. Jarrell, right? talks about the Red Ribbon Army. So we're season four. About the uh, middle of it, right? About the middle of season yeah, four. Yeah, about the season, uh, the middle of that season. Apparently to them, a season's about 32 episodes. So if we... <clears throat> We're a couple hundred episodes in, yeah. or an epi- a hundred episodes in at least. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, too, in Dragon Ball, it doesn't even go to the end of the series, because the end of the series for Dragon Ball, if I remember correctly, is King Piccolo. Yeah, it's when yeah. Goku, you know, they do the whole fight with him. Is that a tournament, too? Uh, that last fight with King Piccolo? Because it's not Piccolo. Yeah. Oh, okay, no, 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 no. He fights King Piccolo, kills him. He spits the egg out. Yep. Then they have the tournament later mm-hmm. where Goku and uh, I think Piccolo wins the tournament. Yeah. Yep. At the very end <clears throat> of the show. <sighs> Maybe we should just wrap up this Dragon Ball shit and get into Dragon Ball Z. I mean, we're already talking about <laughs> a lot of Dragon of, Ball Z. Uh, close to the end of the show. Right. So, I mean... The interest, one of the more interesting parts of the show was right here, Dra- Fortune Teller Baba. Right. And that little mini tournament they do. And that kind of gets into the more 
those more mystical aspects of the show where they're doing things. He's not just on an adventure. They're in like a crazy fucking place that nobody else on the planet knows about. Mm-hmm. And or you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just want to say to anyone listening right now, uh, I highly encourage you to go out and still watch Dragon Ball. Because chances are you're going to watch Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super and you're going to fall in love with Piccolo. You might fall in love with Corrin. You might fall in love with Bulma and Goku's kind of friendship. You might fall in love with some of, even Krillin. You know, some of these characters that are deep in the history of Dragon, the Dragon Ball series, there's some good, good shit in it that you can watch. And, I mean, it's hard for us to watch as seasoned fans just because we know where the series is going. At this point, Goku doesn't even know Kaioken. He can do the Kamehameha, but it's, you know, he only to an extent. It's not to the level of what Goku can do later. So we know just how powerful Saiyans are. We already are aware of it. So I think it's harder for season fans like us to watch Dragon Ball because everyone is just so limited in their power still, which is still good because you get that really good character arcs. You get that character built. But, you know, still go out there and watch it. Because it lays down a lot of stuff, especially if you love the Red Ribbon Army saga. If you decide to watch Dragon Ball Z first or anything, definitely watch Dragon Ball. Because like we are just saying, there is a ton of Red Ribbon Army in Dragon Ball. And throughout the series, they kind of like to do this. Because in Super, we get Garlic uh, Jr. again, right? And uh, not in Super. You get him... In DBZ as well. Well, Garlic Jr. is basically the first villain of dragon ball z right if you count the first movie as the first episode which i do just in my mind canon um and the only reason i do is because he does show up later between fighting frieza and when trunk shows up right um and he's kind of a filler villain in the Mm -hmm. show not the greatest arc ever no um but it warrants thinking about that first movie as the first episode. Yeah. Um, so really, I guess Garlic Jr. would be kind of the bridge right. between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Because you still have that kind of Dragon Ball-ish, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball-esque right. story. But it's kind of a mix of... Um, Dragon Ball Z type story, but and Dragon Ball at the same time. Yeah, but that's just what I love about the writing of the shit, man. It's just so good, you know. I love that they're able to go back and bring shit forward, and it's still I almost like those seamless. Yeah, I almost like that older stuff better. Right, where Goku isn't like god level; he is still not even a Super Saiyan yet. Right, I love that stuff. I love. Uh, that first movie, uh, Dead Zone, is what they call it in America. I don't know what they call it. Called it in the Japanese version. Maybe the same thing. I'm not sure. Right. But I loved that stuff. It you do get the more sense of real martial arts or 
actual technique instead of them just punching at lightning speed. Well, he's got to be more creative, too. I think you get more of that in Dragon Ball Super. Mm-hmm. Um, you do get it, and Goku always does have those moments of genius in his fights, where he does something that where like against Cell with the instant transmission Kamehameha. Yeah, where he's like Cell's like, oh no fucking way, he's gonna let off something like that. You're gonna destroy the planet. Yeah, and he doesn't even consider that. As soon as Goku's ready, he's going to instant transmission right into your face and blow half your body away. Yeah. He always has those moments of genius where he does those crazy things where everybody goes, holy shit. Yeah. Like doing things and hurting people that he should have no business actually hurting, like somebody like Cell. Right. He was totally outclassed in that fight. Mm-hmm. And maybe not. I mean, he probably could have... Here's the thing. Goku and Vegeta, as we've talked about, they like to fucking draw shit out and not go hard right away. Yeah. And it's like if he went away 100% and just overwhelmed Cell, he probably could have finished him and never sent Gohan in. Yeah. Well, and I love how later in the series they even start making jokes about it because Vegeta's like, you talk too goddamn long. and blah, 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 You know, and he's like, yeah. calm down. We'll get to the fighting, Goku, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when it's his turn... He's like, Goku's like, yeah, you're too cocky and arrogant. He's like, whatever, Kakarot, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that they make a joke about it later. Kind of that uh, breaking of the fourth wall, if you will, you know? Of like, uh, I don't know. Well, and it's kind of interesting because we are... This is good timing. Because we're into this. uh, I think the new movie comes out in August. Yeah, I was wrong on that. I thought it was... Yeah, I thought it was this month, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Comes out in August, so this is kind of a good timing. Right. So we get to see what I thought was interesting and what I wish we could see is like every single android. Yeah. Because we got eight. I mean, there's a couple of them, the Metallotron and whatever the shooty pink-haired fist guy is but all the numbered androids that'd be cool to see yeah and there there's another movie what the fuck is that one um 13 yeah android 13 the movie oh yeah that is a fucking cool movie too I have And you get a couple it. more androids in that. That is such a crazy I, running theme in this shit. I know, man. I suck with watching the movies. No, 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 no. Oh. I, I'm saying <laughs> it's a crazy running theme oh. of just like the androids. Yeah. And that it's kind of a shame that movie's not canon because it's right. it is really cool. And a different kind of a little different take on the androids but it's kind of the same thing as cell too because he has to absorb parts mm-hmm. from the other two androids to become his like big blue crazy hair you just gotta watch that one it's really good well and that's one of my kind of critiques since you've brought that up that's one of my critiques because even though it's my favorite arc of the whole series the Red Ribbon Army, I will say when it comes to the android portion of it, I feel like they could have done more 
with certain androids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Here, They're... hold on. I got a PP. Okay. I'm going to pause. Dragon Ball PP. We'll be right back, folks. And we're back. We both had to PP. Oh, yeah. We had a sword fight. We did. Yeah. It was beautiful. I won. I won. Uh, if you've ever seen Ghostbusters, you know, they tell you not to cross the streams. We crossed them. They're liars. Over and over. They're total liars. Don't listen to them cross the stream. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> let's talk about Piccolo. Because he's. this is... um. When we get pretty interesting, we start seeing some really cool techniques uh, from Master Roshi as far as, like, uh, what's that technique, the um, evil containment wave? Oh, yeah. And this is something we see later. Yeah, with uh, Garlic Jr., right? No. Um, uh, we see no, it it's later it. on during the Tournament of Power. Yeah, later on during the Tournament of Power, we see him use that. And um, and this is actually when you see Master Roshi die. Mm-hmm. He, he, this is the first time he gets wished back. Yeah. Is um, using the evil containment wave against Piccolo. Um, and yeah, he ends up dying, if I remember right. Because I haven't watched as far... Um, I think you're right again. on that, though. Um but yeah, but because that's like, oh God, this is why we need to get out of Dragon Ball. We don't even know what we're talking. <laughs> get into Dragon Ball Z and no, I'm pretty sure you're right though. But you know, it's it's a good. I I love that Piccolo is kind of the way to wrap up Dragon Ball because he becomes such a impactful character in DBZ. You know what I mean? Like Piccolo, and even though later on in the series, he, you know, it's debatable, he definitely does kind of become weaker and kind of gets put in that category of like later on in the series, like Krillin and Tien and Yon. You know, even though they are still very powerful characters in their own regard, he kind of falls to the wayside of Vegeta and Goku, of course, but that's he's until, still... That's until this movie yeah, coming up. Right. He's getting a big power-up, so we'll see. Yeah, but it's just still, Piccolo is such an important character. I mean, shit, he raises Gohan and is way better of a dad yeah. than Goku could I ever mean, be. How good a dad are you if you leave a kid out in the woods for a year? <laughs> right. Um, and Gohan was supposed to be like four years old. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my son would be dead in like an hour. Oh yeah. I just was like, "Good luck, bitch." <laughs> right. See you later. Have yeah, fun. He, I don't know. He he probably cry for an hour. Yeah, that'd be sad. <laughs> it would be sad. Really, I'd sad. leave him apples. I'd leave him apples. <laughs> Teach him how to climb a tree to find more I'll like. Give Goku him a does. sword. It'll be fine. Right. It's dangerous out there. Don't leave without a sword. <laughs> <laughs> don't leave without this <laughs> you know as far as filler goes when it comes to the beginning of dragon ball z um so like okay so like chelsea was saying that beginning episodes before raditz shows up it's painful yeah it is painful watching him cry through the woods and goku <sighs> try to find him 
I know him going, Daddy. Yeah. All the fucking time gets, it definitely gets old. Mm-hmm. It, it grates the nerves for sure. So, there's definitely some of that, that filler that they got to work out. I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't either. But, you know, one thing I can say about the filler is... A lot of people hate it, but I actually like it. I like the filler in Dragon Ball Z. I'm kind of unique in that regard uh, when it comes to the fandom of it because I like that it, it, it accentuates the kind of goofiness, silliness, and the friendships between all of the characters. If you didn't it gives have, it more personality. Gives it more personality. If you, you didn't would... have that, it would be serious all the time. You'd miss a lot of Goku's character. You would miss his quirkiness, you know, and some really, honestly, the funniest parts of the series, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. You know, like the driver's license thing. That, to this or day, just Vegeta shopping with Bulma. I know, because I, I, I think every married man out there, at least, has shared the dread of going shopping with your significant other and her holding, having you hold her purse and bags and shit like that and you're just sitting there like huh another store fuck and those are always the funny like it's relatable well yeah and like go like chi chi trying to make goku get a job Mm -hmm. like he's made for that (laughs) yeah he tries to be a farmer there's a that android 13 movie Mm -hmm. the beginning of that goku's out shopping with gohan and Bulma, they're having their or not Bulma, but Chi Chi, they're having a day of it. Mm-hmm. Um, while everybody else is out eating, Goku is with Chi Chi, uh, about to do an interview for a private school for Gohan. Yeah, and then Chi Chi's making him, you know, recite all the shit that he should say and say nothing that he would normally say. <laughs> yeah, and they he finds out there's a threat and teleports out of there immediately you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah like that kind of stuff it's kind of weird that chi chi would hone so far in on a dude like that and then want to change him so badly it is bizarre that you bring it up you know because like she she obviously met is, him is as not a child for goku well yeah and I've even read some fan theories of how she could be considered one of the biggest villains in Dragon Ball Z, yeah. which it's kind of loosey-goosey, but Can I you, mean... Could you see Goku ever consensually taking part in sex? <laughs> Do you think he would even know what's happening? Uh, <laughs> you know, I actually want to say yeah. I, I, I actually want to say I'm willing to bet Goku might be a little kinky in the bedroom. I think she raped him. <laughs> you think she pegs him? Yeah. Okay. Well, not pegs him. <laughs> How are you going to force yourself on that guy? I mean, she, being the daughter of the Ox King, she you... probably you know fed him a bunch, let him train for a week or two, then fed him a bunch. She fell asleep. She hopped on his his morning wood. <laughs> no, I, I I I like the idea better of uh, Goku being a freak in the sheets with no one knowing. You know, him being... He's just a fucking animal, just smashing the veg. (laughs) Yeah, you know. He says, I trained for this, too. Like, he turns 
like into Goku Black as soon as that bedroom door shuts. He's like, "All right, he just, I'm owning this shit." Yeah, <laughs> I'm using Ko Kin this time. She's right. Like, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, what a treat! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hundred so, times. You better not do that saying two or saying three shit again, or else you know. No. <laughs> there is a question. You think their dicks get bigger when they turn Super Saiyan? <laughs> no, I think it just gets vainier. Maybe girthier. Like Kefla. Yeah. But she's like one of those bodybuilder chicks, and she's got like a like a penis clit. <laughs> like in Clerks too, where it's so big it could be considered a tiny dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet Super Saiyan three, you got a monster hog. Probably. Gets, I mean, it gets all that blood like flow. Hair. You scream that loud. That's a lot of blood flow. I don't know. You think the drapes match the sheets when you turn Super Saiyan? Oh, it's got to. It's or, got to. The drapes match the carpet. I mean, the, the carpet's got to stand straight up like the drapes. You know what I'm saying? Get spiky. You get spiky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a little le- electricity running through it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were like <laughs> smash him. Like a normal chick, you just like break your fucking hips. Probably. I bet Goku would have that trouble anyway. Like a saying, you gotta have a stout woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they even make that kind of a joke, you know, as uh, uh, the only two women to tie down uh, the two Saiyans on Earth, essentially, mm, are some of the most str- yeah intense, strongest female characters you could find in. Okay, a so lot that's, of an shit. Ar- that's an argument you could make. <clears throat> they need a woman that's out of their mind. Yeah. Because they're out of their minds. Exactly. Like a normal chick, they wouldn't even notice her. Nope. Because they, they have got, nothing they to got, offer them. They gotta be intense. Yeah, they and have nothing Bulma's to offer like them. the only chick to ever yell at Vegeta. Right, I mean, if you're someone that can fucking fly and uh, blast a mountain away with and, a... And a chick's not scared to get in your face... Yeah, yeah, you know, like, you. Oh, I got the weirdest boner right now. Yeah, that's got to be a turn on of just some chick being like, "What the fuck? You're out past ten, and like, God, you." And then Jesus. he's scared a little. Yeah, he's they like, pee God, a little. Geez. That orange gee gets a little darker around the midsection, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a little puddle forming. Yeah, you got Vegeta and his his spandies. <laughs> he kind of quit with the spit. No. What's he wearing? Yeah, he's kind of wearing the same thing these Dude, days, the armor. I, I'll never get sick of Vegeta and spandex, so that shit's hilarious. I don't know. Have you ever seen the memes of them taking uh, Vegeta's hair off and then making his hair head look like a weird fucking shape if he shaved his head bald? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that shit cracks me up. Like a man. cone head? Yeah, he'd almost be like a pinhead <laughs> if he took his hair away. Here's a here's a question. Why does he still call himself the Prince of Sands? Well, I guess he doesn't anymore, but he did for a long time. Your dad's been dead a while, dude. <laughs> yeah, your you dad. You can call yourself king. Nobody's going to stop you. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's just it. It's an arrogance thing with that fucker, you know, like his well, ego. No, if he was arrogant, then he would he would would have called himself king as soon as his dad was dead. He is arrogant, but he I think that's a respect thing, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Between him and his pops, I don't know. Well, yeah, he doesn't want to shit on his dad's name, or he didn't get the. Uh, I guess okay. How about this? <laughs> he didn't get the crown legitimately. Everyone was wiped out, so maybe he doesn't feel like he deserves to be king. 
Hmm. Okay, but, kind but of a little Simba from like, the Lion King action, huh? Because there's only a few people Vegeta would respect. Right. And his dad's one of them. Yep. His dad Probably is over them, sure. anyone. Probably over anyone. Well, yeah. And, and I think that's kind of like a thing with Vegeta is he's still trying to prove himself to his dad even after he's been dead many years. And I think that's why it bothers Vegeta so much that Goku is more stronger than him because he is supposed to be the prince of Saiyans. But you gotta, and you gotta wonder if, like, what a good arc it would be if you got Bardock and King Vegeta meeting their sons at this insane level of strength that they could never conceive of. Right. And you gotta wonder what they would think. Well, that about about up... their kids when they're not even Super Saiyans, they're strong. But they're held back by what the situation they're in. I think Frieza unknowingly kept Saiyans from becoming Super Saiyans just by calling ones that got stronger than he wanted them to be. And he he did that with he tried to do it with Broly. Mm-hmm. He did that repeatedly, and you know he was doing it for a long time. And probably, maybe even his dad was doing that before he was born. Right. So how many generations were Saiyans watered down by oppression from Frieza and his dad? And it's like you got to wonder if they were stronger in the past. And they almost definitely were. They had to have been, yeah. Maybe at some point they had armies of Super Saiyans. Well, they did because they uh, had um, uh, Frieza eventually almost weaponized them, you know, to take mm. over planets and shit. Well, so yeah, he, they were his, they were his weapons, yeah, and he kept them nerfed, mm-hmm. strong enough to handle what he wanted to handle, but take never over a planet here, there. never anywhere close enough to stand against him. Yeah, and as soon as he felt like they were. Mm-hmm. Getting strong enough, he was just like, ah, fuck it, we'll burn the whole barrel, fuck them all. Yep, exactly, because he was scared. Yeah. Which is why I think he shits his pants a little when Goku does go Super Saiyan, you know? <laughs> He's like, whoa, yeah. just like that Oni cartoon thing I showed you. You're Super Sand lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't You're know Super I... Sand legend. I never, I don't know if I saw that one. Oh, yeah. Well, I gotta show you again at some point. Mm-hmm. I... I I, I would show the full clip on here, but Oni Cartoons, I think they are a pretty well-respected animation channel on YouTube, and I wouldn't want to get a copy strike. Nah, we won't. We're going to play it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oni Cartoons, Dragon's Ball P. Dragon's Ball P. We're, giving them, we're giving them some cred. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. Absolutely. That's not it either. <laughs> Yeah, I highly encourage y'all to actually look this up, too, and watch it for yourself on YouTube. Um, Oni Cartoons so, again. So while I'm looking this up... Uh-huh. Um, I gotta wonder. We're talking Red, Red Ribbon Army. This new movie coming up is Red Ribbon. They've created these two androids to be superheroes. Mm-hmm. But then Cell comes up. Yeah. And then we get these two crazy power-ups from Goku or Gohan and Piccolo. I wonder 
if these two androids are going to end up being good guys too. I think so. <clears throat> it's like it kind of seems like the Android 1718 thing. He's going to need to absorb them and blah blah blah. It could be a possibility, but I'm really excited for it because like you just highlighted, we get that Gohan Piccolo kind of bond again. They're I love the way they work together and how they have throughout the series. I love their relationship, you know. It's truly unique. And uh so I, I, I'm excited for that. I, I like we talked about in the last episode, I mean I'm not excited about the animation route they took for it, but if the story writing's good, voice acting's good, I don't think I'll care as much, you know? I just hope they don't continue to do that style with dragon ball super or something yeah i just hope that they leave it at a movie level because maybe their budget is more Mm -hmm. available to do those types of graphics for a two one and a half hour movie compared to you know a whole entire segment but which one am i looking at here uh let's see here this is definitely going to be this one right here. Okay, hit it. All right. This is some funny shit. You guys got to look this up. Oni, O N E Y. On to last episode of Dragon's Ball Pay. Virginia acted to Mickey, so now Google and Christian Stewart must fight. (laughs) I hope they don't hit each other too hard. We're really in for it now, Gohan. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. (laughs) And cue Frieza with the stupid face. Hanging out with little boys in spandex, I see. (laughs) Yes. I love you, vagina, but you can't be doing that. Come on. <laughs> There's no escaping, banana. <laughs> when I'm through with you, it's you'll have to be rubber band. down like a girl. Hoi, 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 hoi. always sprinkles when he tinkles. <laughs> He's right, you know. <gasps> yeah, daddy. You faggot! <laughs> Who are you supposed to be? Bro. Check a carrot cake. I am real Super Saiyan. <laughs> super pooper scoopers are just legendary. You'll see, Freezy Pop. I'm stronger than an ant. If an ant was this big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're just fucking with me. Carrot cake. <laughs> when I when I was just a little boy, he he didn't invite me to his birthday party. You monster frisbee! <laughs> the cake was delicious. Carmen Electra. Show him what for it mean to oh, be really Super Sand Legend. <laughs> I'm dead. Freezy my ears. Eh. Wow, I'm glad that's over. For Poor a second Krillin. there, I thought that. <coughs> oh wow, I guess it really. Is... Oh! oh no! He <laughs> <laughs> kills Krillin. <laughs> he just falls in there. Uh. uh. <laughs> Your hair. What are you, gay? Yeah. 
We only have like 50 episodes before Namek explodes. But since you've been a good boy, you can just leave. Go. Get out of here. Ah! <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, super stand lesbian. Lesbian. You did a go Super stand lesbian. All right, guys. Uh, so, if you're looking at those <coughs> Oni cartoons, that's O-N-E-Y cartoons. It looks so like good. I got a bunch of shit. Just check them out. Oni NG on YouTube. I'm going to mm-hmm. sub to him right now. That's some funny shit, dude. Super Saiyan lesbian. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I just love it. And when he turns Super Saiyan and his hair is blonde, he's like, what are you, gay? <laughs> he's just like, yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it, dude. It's so funny. It's a really good laugh. That's they also they have one with uh, Vegeta during the Super Saiyan saga. That's really funny too. Oh, they got an a <laughs> one of team, team Four Star. They get the Broly movie. <laughs> oh, nice. Abridged. Oh, that ought to be amazing. That will be amazing. <clears throat> you see, I'd worry about getting us booted or the episode pulled if anybody was actually. Listening. (laughs) (laughs) You know... No, there are a few. And we appreciate everyone that does, like, for real. Well, and it's one of those things, you know, we're going to... We're going to say some shit that's going to be not so PC, but... I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, neither of us are bigots, and we... It's all in good fun and humor, and there are actually a lot of subjects in this show. Like, I was just talking about General Blue... Where they were pretty far advanced, like Mike was saying, you know, it's the 80s in Japan and their culture, yet they, I mean, even though they didn't blatantly come out and say it, it's arguable that you could say General Blue was homosexual. He's gay. Yeah, so it's like, I actually value that with that show, you know, they took a lot of risks. It took some balls to do that. It did. And not that's not they even that's all seven dragon balls. It took fucking some <laughs> dragon balls. Some dragon balls. To do that. Because like, yeah, what were you saying, dude? It's like illegal to be gay in a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. And just even in the United States, um I think there's a couple other like gay characters, but they're more of a joke. Right. Um, like you were saying, the thing about General Blue, though, is he's gay, yeah. and he's like, you, mm-hmm. but he ain't no bitch either. No, he's a and badass. My whole thing is, is like I was saying with the General Tell, <coughs> is at the end of the day, the Red Ribbon Army was never much of a threat. No. And that kind of sucks. It's like, I wish those guys, I guess, the fight with blue and red, those were fairly, but you never felt any sense of urgency. No. Um, When you're fighting somebody like Frieza, when you're fighting somebody, even the Ginyu Force, you felt that sense of urgency, like, oh my God. Right. Like, Raccoon, one of these guys is running through everyone right vegeta mm-hmm. like and vegeta's giving his everything and this was kind of the first time next to when vegeta fought what's his name 
Frieza's right hand. Di- oh, uh, but no. Uh, um, it starts with the yeah, the dude that turns into an ugly fucking thing. Fuck, he's all what is pretty his name? boy. God damn it! But he's gay. Zarbon. Too? Zarbon's gay. Zarbon is. Yep. The dude is so gay. Yeah. The guy's wearing panties. <laughs> That's true. Look how he talks. Yeah. Like the dude's gay. Yeah. And a bad motherfucker. A badass motherfucker. He's quite the fucking adversary. He was one of my favorites. Yeah. Zarbon is a shit. And you gotta wonder about Frieza too. Is he actually a guy? Is he asexual? Is he I'm willing to bet he's asexual. I would th- yeah, I think you know I would be willing to bet, just like the Namics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that species maybe lays eggs because you never meet Frieza's mother and maybe he never had one. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Maybe his dad. They are men and women. Right. And, you know, he was hatched <laughs> from an egg. <clears throat> I always wanted more history on that species. Oh, yeah. I mean... Because you don't see them... A lot of them, right? Frieza's the only one that we know of, other than his dad and his brother, if you count the movies. Right. But they can't be the only family of them, or maybe they're, they are. Maybe they're that rare. Yeah, it's entirely and possible. And that would kind of make sense, because the, a species like that was running just rampant and could reproduce like rabbits. I mean, they would quickly just... Fuck everything. Yeah, they'd wipe out the entire universe. Especially if they're all assholes like that. And maybe oh, yeah. they are. Oh, yeah. Well, and uh, and that's why, like, it, it's really cool if uh, anyone's ever played the Dragon Ball Z uh, time capsule games. Those are really fun what because... What are those? Uh, essentially, you are part of the Time Patrol squad, like Trunks is. <clears throat> where you hmm. keep the timeline and balance. What are you talking about? This game. Trunks is part of what? Time Patrol. The what? <laughs> in the where? Does uh, he join the Time Patrol in Super? Uh, no, I think it's one of those things that he... It's like a what if It's thing. like an entity he kind of works for in the series, but they don't really give him much credit or what acknowledgement. Series? What are you talking about? Explain. And DBZ, like he, he, that's why he kind of time travels, you know, and goes back in the past because he's trying to correct these instances. Yeah, but that's not like a thing. That's not like well, a group. That's not, like Bulma made a time machine and sent him back. Right, but I mean, they make it a thing in the game. Okay. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay, and okay. they they tie him to this thing called the Time Patrol, and so and that's what him and Bulma after. Uh, she made that machine for him to go back and whatnot. That's kind of what they continued with then. Kind of a continuation of what Future Trunks did after that whole thing. Um, in his off time is working with Future Bulma and that. And anyways, it's really cool though because um, you actually have to go back in time and correct events. Like the uh, one of the timelines, for instance... Goku is the only one that dies. Raditz lives from the special beam cannon. And so you have to go back in time and kill Raditz. You have to fight him and kill him. 
oh, this sounds really cool. It's, what the fuck are these? Yeah, dude, I'll what, show what, you all okay, these what, games. Yeah, I need uh, to play these. Yeah, they're badass. Um, but anyways, you can, uh, your character, the thing of the game is you join the time patrol, right? And you kind of start off on lower cases like that, and then you get gradually up to bigger shit. And it's really cool because you actually can choose the Frieza race to fight as. And it's actually kind of a broken fucking build in the game. Like, you can... My character at this point in the game is... Uh, I'm I'm damn near undefeatable. Especially with all the powerful that's moves my, and shit. That's my thing. Yeah. It's like if... Okay. But where I was... Let, sorry. Oh, just where I was going with that real quick to wrap it up, though. Is even in the games and shit, they don't give you any explanation for that race. They do with, like, the Majin race. Because you could actually be a Majin, too. They do with the Saiyan race. That the always human made race. sense to me. That never was a problem for me. No. The Majin thing? Yeah. I always just. Um, I just always attributed Majin Buu to being a, the product of a spell or a genie or a djinn. Right. You know what a djinn is? Yeah. It's That's a, like the original. Uh, story of uh like genies is like the gym and yeah they weren't like a good thing no they're more like uh terrifying so that spirits. one always made sense to me i never <laughs> had trouble with majin buu i never had trouble with cell obviously right. right i mean you got the full story and majin buu you can put it together it's not hard yeah there really doesn't need to be a race of those i, I kind of like it better that he's one of a kind and product of magic right but those are the yeah, those kind of details you never get for Frieza's race. You never no. get a name for the race. You never get what planet they're from. You never get how many of them there are. And there has to be maybe there's only a couple at a time. Yeah. And it has to be that way because they're really given the right circumstances and if they train and push themselves. They're they're the, really the most powerful beings in the universe. Yeah, they're essentially gods. Uh, but maybe Frieza's special because the guy from what Universe Six? Mm-hmm. Or what? Which one was it? Uh, it's I, six and seven are something like that. Are yeah. the normal universe, and then the, but they're essential. Either way, of Frieza. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> That guy, you think he could have been as strong as Frieza if he trained? Or do you think Frieza's special? You know, it's one of those things that's hard to say because, like, I think Frieza is special in his own right within his own species, if that makes any sense. Uh, Because he kind of holds a skill set that... That character doesn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Frieza and him, even though it's alluded to that they are very different. They even are very though they're different. They're both evil fucks. Right. Frieza's like special evil. And he's also actually really gifted in a fight. Yeah. For somebody who never trains, he's able to stand toe to toe with guys that train every day. We're not talking in like level of strength, mm-hmm. but he's able to land a punch. Yeah. Like, and he's, 
you know what drives me a little crazy too? It's like really guys like Frieza in that race, if they were to be rare and there's like only a handful of them in each universe. Right. Or maybe one or two or three. You would think angels would be keeping their eye on those guys and being like, that's who I want to be my god of destruction. Well... Right? But, I mean, I get that in, like, other universes, maybe those don't exist. Or other beings are that level of power and they're maybe not. Or, you know what I mean? But at least in those two, you'd think that Whis would have been eyeballing Frieza and going... That's maybe my god of destruction. That's a bad motherfucker. Like, this guy doesn't even train. Look how strong he is. Right. But maybe Beerus was like that, too. Well, and I was just about to say that, too. I think the See, difference This is so is... much better because we're so yeah, much more familiar with this. Yeah. I would say what I think it comes down to why they would never be a consideration for god of destruction is... Even though, yes, Beerus is kind of cold and can come off as He does have compassion. He does have compassion, whereas with those types of that race, there is a complete void of compassion. That's the whole point of the angel, though. I think he could be taught to be... uh, Yeah, I guess Frieza is kind of a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Well, in an intelligent and he, he way. Only ever hate, he only ever helps in his own interest. Yeah. But she could have said the same thing about Vegeta or Piccolo. Right. But I don't think Vegeta or Piccolo were ever, ever on that level of not giving a fuck. <laughs> right. Like, Frieza don't give a fuck about nobody but his damn self. Oh, yeah. He, it's literally... Literally, at the end of the day, it is Frieza and nobody else. He literally only cares about one person. That's cool. You got a fucking car alarm going off in the background. (laughs) I was waiting for you to drop some, like, I was going to hit a fucking fat ass. I turned it off, bro. I was about to spit straight fire. (laughs) Dylon. Spitfire. Dude, okay, so we should do a whole... You know what we should do? Because uh, we, we're all over the place any fucking way. We try to do this in a constructed, like, season-by-season season way, but, like, now we're... Like, at the beginning, we were talking about another episode of Dragon Ball, but we're now we're, yeah. we're done with that. Like, we're over it. So... Yeah. Maybe we should just freestyle these but i think it'll be easier to stick to the season thing uh with dragon ball z yeah it will so let's just do that next episode absolutely i'm in we'll start with the first episodes of dragon ball z up to Mm -hmm. um let's do up to the end of the uh, we'll see where it goes okay yeah, maybe maybe up to the end of the fight with Raditz. Well, like, um, but like, like you highlighted though, we just know so much more about DBZ, and well, that's what I mean. We can go into so much more detail. I don't yeah. want to like stretch it out, so we'll just see where it goes. Fuck yeah. it. We'll just be. I don't like being too structured on this anyway. This is more about like being loose and just having fun talks about this 
thing that we both love. Yeah. Well, in the five of you listening right now, uh, definitely <laughs> we'd appreciate your input. Um, you're probably so close enough to us, you could just text us on the shit. But yeah, come back on the door. Yeah, you know, just come on over. But uh, you know, I don't yeah, do don't come to my house. <laughs> come and knock on my door. My back door. <laughs> We've definitely been waiting for you. But yeah, you know, uh, let us know. You know, we we want to. You know what I want to do is maybe like focus more on the. Maybe we just. Just like sorry, I'm like have like an hour and a half I, of just say this. hot man on man makeout session, or just like yeah, sounds hot. Like our facial hair getting knotted up together. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm thinking more like Dragon Ball Z though. Yeah, not so much gay sex. <laughs> oh man, I know you're into that, but swiper no swipey again. <laughs> okay, so here's what we do. Here's what we do. Okay. You, it would be dope if we could just focus on a character, an episode, and yeah. then we would just be able to go broad on like wherever. Right, I'm down with that. But also, Actually. I kind of do want to talk season by season about Dragon Ball Z, so maybe we start out with that, and then just kind of get loose like we are right now at the end of the episode. Yeah, <clears throat> I like it. You know, ultimately. I hope you guys enjoy as much as we do us talking about this, especially if you're a fan of the series. If you're not, check it out. But, you know, this is definitely just a fun thing for Mike and I because we both grew up with this and it's very passionate for us because, you know, everyone kind of says like, uh, you know, this helped me through this or this helped me through that. But Talk about a little bit, a bit, a bit about that. Yeah. Okay, so... What's a part in the show? Because we're about to the end of here, so that'd be mm-hmm. a good way to send it off. Okay. Give me a good example from Dragon Ball, wherever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where it taught you a life lesson. I've got an easy, easy one. And it's one of the most obviously epic moments of dbz with the frieza arc but i would have to say that was my first valuable life lesson that i ever learned from that show is when goku you know frieza's got missing an arm he's cut in half you know and goku gives him one final piece of compassion he says you know you're done you cannot fight in this state I've obviously bested you before I take your life. You know, basically, he's like, gives take your a, fucking gives life. Him one more chance. Yeah, take your fucking life. I'm done. We're done here. And as he's flying away, Frieza fires a blast at him. And obviously, he's so weak, Goku turns around, knocks it away, but he just goes, you fool. And then obviously kills Frieza. But that was such a valuable life lesson to me as a young kid that you can be very nice and compassionate to people and you may not get the same back. You know what I mean? That was an early lesson of that because then later on, you know, I had friends that stole shit from me and, you know, I would invite them over for a sleepover and, oh shit, I have a 
N64 controller missing or, you know, something like that. And then I go over to their place two months later and it's the exact same color and fucking, you know. Yeah. Even as my initials written into it. But, you know, it's like that is that every time after I watched that, I constantly thought about that. And I even think about it in a sense as an adult now, too. Um, you know, it, it, it's happened to me where, you know, I'm I'm nice to somebody. I give them compassion and really put myself out there. And they show themselves to be a uglier beast than what they had originally showed me. And it's just one of those things where Goku, even though he slaughters Frieza, you know, it, it, he he moves on with his life. He just keeps going, you know. And, and so, even, and even later, even later, he still is giving Frieza every chance in the world to be exactly. a good person. So you could take more than just what you're saying. Yeah, from that, it's like, yeah, Goku put himself out there and was a good person and gave Frieza that energy to survive Namek, and then he even says, "Take this energy." And try to go do something good with your life. Exactly. And he turned around and did what Frieza does, and that's uh-huh. fine. But you can also pull from that to always try to see the good in people. Always try yeah. to always try to be that good person that gives the person yeah, that's another what, chance. And that's what I was wrapping up with is that I'm still that compassionate guy like Goku today, though. You know, I still give those people those chances, except they burn me once just like in that you know it's i move on with my life and if they re you know they re-enter fine but it's one of those things where it taught me to have a tougher skin when it comes to that but you can still be compassionate i guess you know you can still be a very good person at the end of the day but you don't have to continuously bend over backwards for people that don't share that same compassion you know uh you know so it it was a very good life lesson though you know and it helped me a lot like a lot in life um to still be that compassionate person but to not get walked over either you know yeah be strong Mm -hmm. be compassionate yeah put good energy out there and if you get burned don't let the don't let that change who you are no don't let that define you and let you change you into being a bitter person or somebody who doesn't trust people absolutely not goku if anything is an example of just being pure being and always trying to see the best in people and maybe you'll turn people around which he always does right they always everybody who's his enemy Mm -hmm. for the most part comes around and somehow becomes an ally, even Frieza. Yeah, you, it just from his compassion, too. Nothing else, really. And it's like at this point, Frieza sees him almost in the same light as Vegeta, as like a rival, somebody he he says he wants to kill. But yeah, does he But really? it's somebody who pushes him and... That's, you know, even if you're that person that gets burned, you take those things and use them as motivation to become stronger, mm-hmm. better. You need those negative things in your life to help define who you are and outline what kind of person you want to be. 
Exactly. It's like you see those negative things mm-hmm. and you go, I don't, that's not me. Right. And that like clearly defines, that's that line where you go, okay, that person's not the greatest and I need to cut them out. But at the same time, you should never let, like I said, that define or change you. Or right. Because he cannot associate. Make you, make you less compassionate. Because that totally can happen. You you get burned so many times and you stop caring. Right. And you that, stop trying to help people. You stop being that good person. And it's hard to be a good person. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know. You can still show compassion to that person if, even after being burned. But just not associate with them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big thing I do. Because up until Super... Goku never associated with Frieza. Um and didn't but, really have the opportunity. He but it, But he even still showed after, compassion to him though, and, you know? Right. And <clears throat> keep in mind, on top of all this, this is the guy that murdered his best friend. In front in, of him, in yeah. In front of his eyes, two mm-hmm. of his best friends. Because at this point he thought Piccolo was dead too. Yeah. It wasn't just Krillin. Mm-hmm. He watched him fuck up piccolo yep thought he was dead mm-hmm. that starts to push him then he blows up krillin to pieces right in front of him and that pushes him over the edge and then he still by the end mm-hmm. is compassionate enough to try and save the guy that's caused all this fucking headache and heartache exactly and i love it you know what i mean you it's can... such a good life lesson if you look deep enough into this show you do see those underlying just and that's one of the greatest things about it yeah is those life lessons those things you can pull from it that that you can totally relate with yeah even gohan's struggle with violence or being a fighter during the cell saga when he's pushed beyond his limits watching android 16 being slaughtered Mm -hmm. loses his mind and becomes a Super Saiyan too, right? It's you know it was his almost hatred of violence of people being hurt that pushed him to finally fight, mm-hmm. and that you know, and I think we're gonna see more of that in this upcoming movie. That it's gonna push him to his finally. To his full potential. Right. Which we thought his ultimate form was um, with Majin Buu. Um, he was actually at the same level as a Super Saiyan 3. Right. And so, and that was brought out by like the whole training with the Supreme Kais. But this new form we're going to see is... I think the full potential that they've been talking about since the beginning of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Because Gohan's supposed to be that kind of baton carrier from Goku. I feel like they've tried, they've been trying to set that up throughout the whole series, but. For him to take over. Yeah, but the fan demand for Goku has just been so insane that they haven't found a good way to really give Gohan the reign so this could potentially be almost a segue into that yeah 
in a way. Well, if their plan is to make... My phone's still hooked up. (laughs) If if their plan is to make Goku and Vegeta, because Vegeta has Ultra Ego, he's training as the God of Destruction with Beerus. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Goku is obviously training in the ways of the angel, Ultra Instinct. If they take over for Whis and Beerus in this universe, then they can no longer take part in defending anything. Right. So it would be Gohan and Piccolo. Exactly. And possibly Goten and Trunks that need to carry on. And you know what would be cool? <clears throat> Is to see Gohan and Trunks stand on their own separately from each other and not as Gotenks. Exactly. But become the next Goku and Vegeta. I would love that. And that's what I'm kind of hoping for because they can only go so far with Goku and Vegeta. You know what I mean? They still have a tall ceiling on it, but... Yeah, we got a ways. But... At some point, though, I would like to see a kind of transition in power that way. You know what I mean? Of as At least for Earth's protectors, you know? If Goku and Vegeta go on to being these gods of the universe and shit like that, I'm totally cool with that. But also... We still the, need the mundane struggle of, exactly. of Earth, the defenders of Earth. Yep. Um, so, Gohan obviously could hold on and hold it down along with piccolo but eventually they're going to you know mm-hmm. move move along it would like i said it'd be nice to see goten and trunks because they both turned into super saiyans so young yeah so you would think at this point they would just be ridiculous yeah because it was natural to them to be Super Saiyans. So they sh- the only way for them to go is up. Right. I mean, Goten is younger than Goku was at the beginning of Dragon Ball. Yeah. And far and away stronger. Like, it's not even funny how much stronger he is than Goku at the beginning of Dragon Ball. Well, yeah, because not only does he go Super Saiyan, but then him and Trunks also uh, perfect the fusion technique, which takes... Most uh, martial artists, years, like hun- like a shit ton, shit ton of time to learn that technique. And him and Trunks did it in, what, a couple weeks or a week of training or something like that? You know, not very yeah. long. Yeah, so you would think it would just take a little bit of time and training. And they would be not even full-on teenagers and they would be super saiyan twos and then super saiyan three no problem right by the time they were in their 20s yeah and that's kind of the interesting thing is that that segues into how that fan theory of how chi chi is potentially one of the worst villains she holds them back because she holds both goku and gohan and goten back all of them and you, you know, there's a lot of fan theories out there that have even outlined, like, had Goku been able to train like he wanted to without Chi-Chi's inter- interference, like, he would have hit God level, uh, like, by the Android saga, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's something insane like that, so it's, 
really cool that uh that's what i love about the series too is there's a lot of fan theories and different things out there that are interesting perspectives that i never would have thought of like that uh you know we gotta pause one more time i gotta pee again and then we're gonna wrap this up because we're almost at two hours all right (laughs) all right sorry we'll be right back all right i'm back vince is in there going pee pee Kind of what I want to say while he's in there. This episode's kind of been all over the place. I know that. We uh, aren't that well-versed in Dragon Ball. But once we get into Dragon Ball Z, uh, Dragon Ball Super, we're both so much more well-versed in that. Um, as Vince comes back in, we were talking about my, or his life lesson he pulled from Dragon Ball. Had to tinkle. Yeah. Did you sit down? I did. Yeah, I knew True, uh, no, I didn't though, because true saying sprinkle when they tinkle, Mm. just as from we heard from Oni. Did he say that? (laughs) Yeah. A true (laughs) saying sprinkles when he tinkles. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Vegeta. <clears throat> I think there's so many different life lessons to pull from Dragon Ball in general. I talked about it on the episode we did on the normal show. Or uh, not the normal show, whatever. The main Comic Zone podcast when we did the episode about Dragon Ball and then decided to do these. But it's the one part that stood out to me as like a life lesson. Uh, We had watched Vegeta struggle with trying to be the strongest uh, and slowly changing over time into being an ally to Goku as opposed to the the destroyer of Earth. Which is what he originally showed up to do, to destroy the planet or wipe out everyone and sell it to Frieza. Right. Watching him slowly progress from that, a completely selfish person who is willing to blow up his ally. Yeah. While he was at his weakest, after he'd already been defeated by Goku. Mm-hmm. He's reaching for your hand. You take his hand. You throw him in the air and destroy him. Yeah. Heartless. Absolutely heartless. Just cold murder. You go from that to when they're fighting Majin Buu. Yeah. And he struggles with... He's at the point where he... He starts to see these emotions develop in him. He starts to understand that he's being becoming comfortable. He loves living on Earth. He loves having a family. He's happy. Yeah. And then he goes, this is making me weak. Right. Because he's still a proud Saiyan. He's still a warrior. Mm-hmm. So he's struggling with his love for his family and the love for the place that he lives and the life that he's living. Right. 
and his pride is the same as a warrior and being the strongest. So when he finally reconciles with all that and realizes that all that really matters is protecting his family, the place that he loves living, and even the people he might see as clowns, like Goku. Right. And protects his son, hugs his son for the first time, and sacrifices himself in an attempt to take out the threat to everything he holds dear. Mm-hmm. That resonated with me. Oh yeah, especially in a massive being way. A dad. In a no, this was when I was. Well, as a dad now, I'm as sure. As a dad now, but it, it yeah. taught me lessons to what I needed to be as a father. Well, yeah. When I when it, because. Uh, Growing up, I had a pretty shitty fucking dad. Right. Um, he was just—he just didn't. He never struck me as a type—the type of person that would do that for me. Right. Hmm. I was a disappointment. He liked to beat my ass and tell me how I was fucking up a lot. Right. He didn't strike me as the type of person that would sacrifice himself to save my life and and my family right so i didn't know what a good dad was until i watched vegeta and that's sad right a cartoon oh yeah but so that was i learned so much from that just from even if you're a selfish prick like vegeta Mm mm-hmm you can still find love and compassion in your family and your your children and find selflessness. And that meant the world to me because I was like, oh, that is what a dad does. Mm-hmm. That's what a, he will blow himself up to fucking smithereens and, not e- and smile. Right. While he does it because he knows he's doing... Everything he can to protect the people that matter. Well, and the cool thing with that that you bring up is there's actually multiple life lessons from those events that you can take. Like, as you're talking about that, and I don't know what this says about me, but the thing that resonated with me on that was that your past doesn't have to define who you are in the future or in the present exactly you can always choose to be better you can always choose to be better you can always choose the writer more morally just option no matter how yeah that's a great fucking point dude yeah no matter no matter what point you are in your life you can still make that right decision no matter all the way up until the day before you die and vegeta made that choice Mm -hmm. knowing that he was still going to hell Mm -hmm. he's like i'm gonna do this and it's the right thing to do but i've done too much exactly to think that i'm gonna be turning it around now but i'm still gonna do the right thing and that's that's fucking you know that's heavy it's powerful for sure super heavy yeah and that's the thing that's wonderful about this show like we're talking about it seems silly on the surface but if you look if you peel back the layers and you really pay attention 
you're going to find a plethora of different lessons that you can learn, things that you can be taught or things that might inspire you. Yeah. Maybe you feel like giving up on your dream or whatever you like doing, but then you see that these guys never give up. They don't ever stop. And the ones that do, they get left behind. Yamcha. We joke about that, but like the dude was a quitter from the start. Yeah. And he eventually got left behind, not because he wasn't worth it. Right. But because he worried so much about not being good enough that he never, he forgot to keep up. Right. Got in his own head about it. But that's the thing. I think that's like, you can wrap anime up as a whole and is as your whole, you know, because it's easy to write off a couple of guys like us in our thirties for liking anime, you know, these cartoons as being immature and childish, but so many of these animes, even beyond the Dragon Ball series is, has these kind of messages and this writing in it. It's not on the surface. Yes. It looks like a totally immature kind of cartoon. And I get where people can get that kind of perspective, but if you like you said, you take a deeper look at it and you really try to understand what those story arcs, what those things that are happening in the story are trying to actually say or teach somebody, it's actually some pretty deep, powerful, impactful shit. And that's why I love animes, because it kind of wraps up who I am as a person as a whole, you know, because I'm this six foot tall you know, 300 pound fucking big hulking dude. Uh, yeah, big fucking. And I love football and stuff hunk like of man that. Meat. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like people write me off easily as like liking football and stuff like that as like some kind of a jock or whatever, you know. But realistically, when you peel back the layers, when you look deeper into me, you actually see a nerd. You see somebody that's passionate about anime. You see somebody that's passionate about the Incredible Hulk. You see somebody that's passionate about a lot of. Things like that shit, Magic, The Gathering, you know? I love that card game. Most people don't know that about me, but they take it from a surface perspective rather than... And so, anyways, that's kind of what's cool about anime is these shows look very childish on the surface and kind of look lighthearted and silly, but realistically, they deal with some very, very controversial... And kind of taboo hardships that people deal with in everyday life. Yeah. Like loss. Loss. Uh, Fucking never giving up. Yeah. Fighting through, chasing your passions. That's what I was going to end on is we're hitting about two hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Give me three words that you think define the show. Strength, compassion, courage. Mm. Agreed. Those three, I feel like, wrap it up perfectly. And I could say that right off the top of my head. And those are three core values that I think is important for any person to hold in day-to-day life. Mm. Easily. To be successful and to be who you want to be out there, you know? Yeah. I think at its core... As we wrap up Dragon Ball, 
I think it's a show about building friendships. I think it's a show of about chasing your passion and never giving up on that. Somebody like Goku chases his passion for fighting. And it's all he does. And if you really want to be whatever success is to you in the thing that you love, whether that's making millions of dollars or it's just doing that thing and you feel the feeling of success just by doing that thing. Right. The point is, chase your passions. Don't let anybody tell you like Chi-Chi, that you should do something else. Yeah, avoid the fucking Chi-Chi's in your life. <laughs> unless that means titties. Yeah, unless it means titties. Because that means boobies too. <laughs> yep. So, thread that needle. Avoid them Chi-Chi's. Stay strong. And stay passionate. And chase your dreams. And I think that's it for this episode. Next week we're going to, or next, whenever you want to get going, mm-hmm. whenever we record next, we'll start with Dragon Ball Z and we'll start at the beginning and we'll be able to, I think, stay on track a little more. Yeah. It'll be a lot easier. Um, this one's all over the place. This is such a mess. <laughs> I it's one it's of those cool, things. dude. I don't. I I, I like it. I kind of like it. Yeah. It's it, in in retrospect, it's kind of Dragon Ball as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Dragon Ball when it first started out was kind of all over the place. As a matter of fact, Chelsea was even asked me. She this has never dawned on me <laughs> being a uh, Dragon Ball fan from since I was a kid, but she was like. So why is it just normal for there to be, like, dinosaurs and tiger people and all this other <laughs> shit? And I was like, oh, good question, I guess. That's one of the things that I love about it. You yeah. Don't, they don't overly explain things. And that's this podcast as a whole, you know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're kind of all here, over the place. We talk about a doll's balls deep look at Dragon Ball, and we have <laughs> sucked so bad <laughs> covering it. Right. But... but I think it's this is more of a show about our love for this. And uh yeah, once we get into the things that we grew up with, we we didn't grow up with Dragon Ball. Right. Dragon Ball Z was my introduction, so that's what Same I want to talk about. Exactly. So next episode let's hit that. Mm-hmm. We get into Raditz. Let's go all the way to the end of I think we can make it to the end of the fight with Vegeta. We can, okay. We can cover all that. I think so. Yeah. Because if we go two hours, we're already fucking two hours. We need to wrap this up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's next episode, nerds. Check out the Comic Zone at thecomiczone.com. That's comics with an X. Uh, check us out on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. I really do enjoy this, buddy. So do I. We're still getting her figured out, but we'll get there. I love it. Well, we'll get there. We're going to work on more. I keep talking about these t-shirts. We're going to get more of those going on. Hopefully get them up for sale uh, on the website. So keep an eye out for that. We love you guys. Whoever's listening, 
Absolutely. Say something, Vince. Say bye. Love you guys. Stay safe out there. And as always, keep dragging those balls. That's right. <laughs> Peace. Later.